0: Brothers One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Brothers One Mike. I'm Joe and as always my brother Coach Tony is here. Tony.
1: What's going on Joe? What's going on everybody out there in t-bomb land two brothers one of mike land welcome again to another episode season three episode eight out of 20 as most know that follow the show on a regular basis we do 20 shows every season and joe i mean i know in the beginning we thought to ourselves how could we possibly keep this going right i mean wouldn't we run out of I mean, will we, run, will we run out of something to say at some point when it comes to the world of nutrition and exercise and mental well-being? And, and when you think about it, every, every week after we get done with the show, I think I write down three or four more topics mm-hmm. in my notes of shows to come. And I, right now it looks like six to eight seasons, and that's may, maybe a third of, of where we take this. As yeah. I scare you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just, there's just so much that goes into, into the topic that we, that we've, that, you know, what our, what our mission is, what our mission statement is, uh, mm-hmm. what we're trying to bring to people. And, and we, we try to throw in a little entertainment there too. Right. And although this week, uh, you know, I don't know what we're bringing to the table, uh, with this particular episode when it comes to talking about seventies and eighties nostalgia. And we just, we brought in the nineties, uh, with uh, our cousin Vinny uh, that particular episode uh, and and things of that nature. And there'll be times when we even bring in the, you know, the two thousands, but, but I don't know this show, I guess we'll have to play by ear uh, and see if anything comes to play when it comes to, you know, bringing that type of uh, entertainment into what we're trying to bring to everybody as far as, trying to be the best you right that's the overall I mean if we had to break it down into several words the best you right three words uh, and, and and so we'll go from there but today's show uh, now we've talked about this briefly uh, in season one more so than any other season when we talk about two different types of uh, fasting intermittent fasting time delayed eating if you will ladies and gentlemen. And today, we're going to talk about one versus the other and what some of the good is if you're going to go with one rather than the other and why you should maybe avoid one rather than the other. And overall, you're going to listen to this. And if anybody does either one of these two things, you know, you have a little more information, a little more, you know, you have you have some more uh, knowledge uh, as far as these two concepts are concerned uh, that you can apply. And yeah. those two concepts are OMAD and TMAD one meal a day or two meals a day which one should it be and so that's what we're going to get into today um and, and you know joe what, what anything you want to add to that before we jump into it or
0: yeah yeah so one thing just to take note of uh you know a lot of folks may not have been listening since season 1 and maybe this is the first time you've you've gone and clicked on the play button on two brothers, one mic, and that's fine too. Uh, yeah. Of course, we always encourage people to go back into the episodes and see if, you know, they can learn a little bit more uh, about what we're talking about. We have talked about intermittent fasting. Uh, I believe it was intermittent fasting 101, um, you know, where it just is, is the generalized, uh, um, you know, all, of, all of the all of the meat and potatoes of intermittent fasting, right? So yeah. TMAD and OMAD are two different versions of it, but, but I don't want, people who are just listening today to think, well, this is, this is like the holy grail of intermittent fasting. It's TMAT and OMAD because and, that's not necessarily true. There's different versions of IF intermittent fasting. Uh, this is just two of them. So, you know, again, I don't want people thinking all of a sudden, well, they're talking about intermittent fasting. Oh, wait. And so that means TMAT or OMAD? No, those are just a couple versions of what IF is.
1: Yes. And and folks, uh Joe's going to include in the description of the podcast uh that particular episode uh which was Intermanifesting 101. Uh and that was in season 1. Uh might have been episode 7 or so, Joe, if I'm not I mistaken. Believe, I believe it was 7. Yeah. yeah. And uh you know, eventually uh eventually when we're like on episode 180, there's no way we're going to remember these kind of things. Uh it's going to be almost impossible. Uh, but for now, uh, we, we kind of, you know, still have it in our mind, fresh in our heads, because even though this is season three, ladies and gentlemen, it is actually, get this, Joe. Mm-hmm. Next week, in that particular episode, it will be one year almost to the day yeah. when we released the first three episodes of Two Brothers, One Mike. And wow is all I have to say to that. But we'll talk more about that next week. Um, that being said, intermittent fasting one hundred and one. We did talk about so many different lifestyle of eating, lifestyles of eating when it comes to intermittent fasting. But today, the one meal a day versus the two meal a day. And we're gonna, I'm gonna bring up a lot of things here, and you may be doing that as well, Joe. That will give people more insight to what that particular show was all about. And then we encourage you to click on that show after you listen to this one. And probably it will make things more clearer to you as far as what it was we were talking about with OMAD and Tmat. Mm-hmm. And hey, I Joe, how many times have I said this? Don't be afraid to listen to this show more than once. It wouldn't it, it, the second time around. Always, always, always. Brings a clearer picture to what it is we're trying to say. All the information we're, that we're giving to our listeners.
0: Yeah, so, and, and it, it wouldn't hurt, uh, you know, because I, I am going to put in for intermittent fasting. I'm also going to put in. Uh, a, a, we had, did an episode on insulin uh, because that played a big part in the whole. Oh, yeah. We kind of we kind of set up inter, the 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 intermittent fasting episode with uh, the one on insulin. Yes, uh, and then glycemic load and all these different things. Sure, um, because it really gets into depth on how. Sure. IF could benefit you, son.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, when we start talking about this now, we talk about OMAD. And, and folks, OMAD, one meal a day, TMAD, two meals a day. Keep that in mind now because I'm not going to keep saying one meal a day and two meals a day. It's going to be OMAD and TMAD from here on out. Uh, just a discretion. So, that being said, when we talk about OMAD and TMAD, I'm going to give you guys some examples of what the argument is for OMAD, okay? Here are some of the some of the the arguments, uh, and and I'm not I'm not reading this out of a magazine. This is, these are things that I'm bringing to you based on research I've looked at, based on different biochemists whose shows I listen to, who I follow on a regular basis, who I trust in their knowledge based on the research that they do, and different scientists, different doctors, and so on and so forth. This is not Coach Tony's uh, formula in any way, shape, or form. I'm a specialist in fitness nutrition who does my studying and I trust the science when it comes to this type of situation, fitness and nutrition. So that being said, what are the arguments for OMAD? One of them is caloric restriction. So, you know, some of you who listen to our shows, you say, well, Coach Tony, you guys don't really pound home the fact that you have to eat less calories. You say calories aren't that important. Joe has come to the defense of calories several times and explain to you what it was we were trying to say when it comes to that particular situation. Uh, Folks, if you're eating 6,000 calories a day and your basal metabolic rate, the ability to burn calories for energy purposes in a day uh, without you doing nothing but sitting there is 2,500 and you're eating 6,000 calories a day, I promise you, you're going to gain weight and you're going to gain it in the wrong way. So, calories do play a big role here well what they're saying with one meal a day is if indeed your basal metabolic rate your ability to burn calories without doing anything whatever your bmr is um let me give you a quick understanding of this when we're kids you know how we a lot of us we, we can't gain weight this to, to save our you know uh, whatever you want to whatever word you want to put in there uh it's it's because of your bmr your BMR is extremely high. As you get older, your BMR slows down and you're not burning as many calories doing nothing anymore. I'm trying to give it to you in in the simplest of terms, layman terms. And and so that being said, in this situation, caloric, caloric restriction, because you're only eating one meal a day, you're burning whatever your BMR is. And let's say your BMR is 2,500. It's going to be very difficult to eat 2,500 calories if you're only eating one meal. So you go 23 hours without eating, right? 24 hours is one day. Mm. 23, 23 hours without eating, and then you have a one-hour window where you can eat. Now, folks, to give you an example of 2,500 calories, you would have to eat in that process in one hour, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Something like three Big Macs, two large fries, two apple pies, and an extra large Coke. Um, Let me tell you something. I don't care what kind of appetite you have. That would make you sick as a dog by the time you got to the end of it. It is not, it's not impossible to overeat it, but it is very hard to do. So what they're saying here is in terms of caloric restriction, if you're trying to restrict your calorie intake for the day, OMAD is a good way of doing it because it's very hard to overdo it if you're only eating one meal a day, if that makes sense. Now, another, another, and there's several, there's approximately five of these I'm going to go over. The second one I want to go over is it allows for better digestion. So your body's getting a break, right? Our digestive system, the way we eat in the Western diet every two to three hours, we've talked about this a million times, it's not giving our digestive system any time at all to rest, You need rest. I gave an example. I gave an analogy a long time ago. Imagine yourself at your job. I don't care if it's a sit-down job or if it's on your feet and moving all day job. Imagine for 24 hours, seven days a week, you are constantly at your job. Could you imagine how exhausted physically and mentally you'll be at that point? It's impossible. That's your digestive system every time you eat three or four meals a day plus a snack or two in between. You're never giving it a break. OMAD gives it that break. And that's huge. That's huge from every aspect you could think of in health. So there's that as well. A third uh, thing that I want to talk about is, you know, it's possible that it's better for insulin sensitivity. Now, we're going to talk about this concept several times in today's show. Insulin sensitivity is what we're trying to achieve. Uh, and and Joe, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to sound like a broken record. And you may even say it a couple times in this show as well. We've talked about this already. We've talked about insulin sensitivity and it's the opposite of what insulin resistance. So you're looking for insulin sensitivity. You want your body to be in a state where it is waiting on food so that it can utilize it to the best of its ability for cellular energy, for your body to be able to, to function at its highest levels. So it's going to take that food in and it's going to utilize it. It's going to use it. It's not going to store it. It needs it for energy. And so you're trying to give it the best type of food possible. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And OMAD, again, is a perfect example of insulin sensitivity being right there at your fingertips because you're only eating one meal a day. Now, what else? It metabolizes fat better. So It uses stored fat as your primary source of energy better when you're only eating one meal a day. And the reason for that is because usually or sometimes or the way it's supposed to be, and I'm using these type of words right now because you're going to see what may happen that cannot benefit you in any way, shape, or form but it actually stores or does not store. It actually burns that stored fat and uses it for energy purposes as the primary source of energy. And so in that way, OMAD is better. Number five, longer periods, listen to me, longer periods of fasted states leading to other benefits. So, and Joe, this is a show where, You almost, if you're a first time listener, I gotta almost say this is not the show to listen to first, because this show, okay, is going into detail about stuff we've already talked about. And if we, like every, let me give you this example, Joe, and all listeners out there, Joe, if I, if I take those five things, all right, I'm on the fifth one now. Do you know this could be a six and a half hour show, because? It's impossible to really go into detail the way we have about all this stuff on other shows leading up to this particular episode, and so and that could be a problem. But number five, longer periods of facet states leading to other benefits, as I said. What are these other benefits I'm talking about? Folks, when you're in a fasted state, when you're in a time-delayed eating state, whether you're doing a 16-hour fast followed by an eight-hour eating window or a 20-hour fast followed by a four-hour eating window, or if you're doing what they did in the 50s and 60s without even realizing it, and that was 12 hours of eating followed by 12 hours of not eating, it was almost commonplace without even realizing it back then. That's a fast. Whenever you are not consuming any type of food okay, or drink that raises insulin levels, you're in a fasted state. You're in a fasted state. And so by doing OMAD, you're basically doing 23 hours of fasting followed by one hour of eating. That's a major fasted state. And there's so many other benefits to go with that, such as ketone production. And what are ketones, right? When you're metabolizing fat, you're creating ketones for better energy, more focus, because it's definitely better energy for your brain than glucose is you need glucose for your brain you don't need as much glucose as we intake especially in a western civilization you need glucose but ketones are the better option when it comes to focus mental clarity more energy it's something you want to depend on more so than glucose and ketone production is at a higher level when you're an omad when you're eating only one meal a day and what is another benefit now we've talked about this Several times now, autophagy. And folks, when we talk about autophagy, we're talking about the fact that newer cells are forming in your body when you're in this long time fasted state and newer cells are forming in your body. And basically, they're consuming the older cells. It's, it's basically what we call cellular rejuvenation. And it's the newer cells eating the older cells and making themselves bigger and stronger and better. All right. And that's what you're looking for. And if you think that autophagy, or what I just said to you, is something that is a fable, a myth, it's scientific research that can't be proven. It's already been proven time and time again. And it's been proven to the point where a gentleman by the name of Yoshinori, tell me if I get this right, Joe, Yoshinori Osumi.
0: Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with yes. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, I carry the official, uh, uh you know, any sort of sort certificate or accolade on how to pronounce that name. But that's
1: I thought how it you did was. a fantastic job of it, though. In the in when we talked about the ketogenic diet, you mentioned this gentleman's name, Yoshinori yeah, Osumi.
0: It it, it 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 sounds just like it looks. I think.
1: Yeah. So, well, well. what's even more important, well, his name is important to get it right, right? Because let's look at our last name, Sargentopoulos. And we've been called everything from cephalopagous to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So, I mean, the people have taken Sargonopoulos to a whole different level. So we really like to get people's names right. But Mr. Mister Osumi, what has he done? Well, nothing more than win the 2016 Nobel Peace Prize, or not Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel Prize for Science When it comes to autophagy and all the benefits that have been found when it comes to autophagy and what it does for the body, especially in those longer fasts between 24 and 48 hours, which nobody should be doing at all. When it comes to uh, if you're a beginner, a newbie when it comes to intermittent fasting, or if you have not sat down with your doctor, your endocrinologist, And these types of people, they can tell you whether or not they would like you to do this or they are are going to tell you what they want to do to help you in your journey. Always, 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 and we put this disclaimer in shows every time we talk about this, you should be seeking medical advice before taking on this type of eating lifestyle. So that being said, autophagy is fantastic. It's been proven time and time again. And the Nobel Prize for Science has been awarded in 2016 to Mr. Osumi, who is very deservingly so recognized in that particular fashion. So that being said, those are some of the benefits we talk about. And OMAD helps those processes either start, begin, or they are well underway at that point in time. You know, when it comes to improved blood sugar control, all right, when it comes to uh, that particular concept, Joe, intermittent fasting. Now, this is from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. This comes directly from this particular journal. Intermittent fasting has been found to reduce, I'm reading this word for word now, folks. Sometimes, I usually, I'm, if I'm reading it word for word, I'm going to tell you I'm reading it word for word. Intermittent fasting has been found to reduce fasting insulin levels by up to 31%. So your insulin levels are reduced by 31% and lower your blood sugar, your A1C levels, by 3 to 6%, potentially decreasing what? Your risk of diabetes type two.
0: Okay. I think what's, what's good to note there too, is first of all, it's up to 31%. So it's not to say that, Oh, I'm going to lower my blood sugar by 31% up to 31%. And the reason why it's up to is probably because again, if you notice, Tony said intermittent fasting has been found. He didn't say t or OMAD. They'll do it as well. But again, there's different different options when it comes to intermittent fasting. And again, you could listen to the uh, to that whole intermittent fasting 101 uh, that I'm going to have the link in the description to kind of get an idea of why something like that can actually happen.
1: Yes, and, and and that being said, we're gonna we're not going away from OMAD now one meal a day, but we're going to jump over and get in the corner of TMAD all right, we're the trainers now for TMAD, Joe. We're promoting TMAD, two meals a day. Why it may be better than OMAD. It's not that one meal a day is absolutely not good for anybody, but it's not good for everybody. So let's talk about two meals a day, TMAD. And I'm going to start off by pointing out a study. And I know that sometimes we try not to get too far and too, and too uh, in, in depth and detail with studies. But I think this study which i i read and i also watched uh a particular biochemist joe that we both know that uh, he i loved the way he he put this uh in his youtube channels and in his research you know his papers and so on and so forth and so i want to get this out to the people on why two meals a day may be more beneficial than one meal a day okay and this was the study they took two groups they took one group that ate three meals a day which when you think about intermittent fasting three meals a day isn't really fasting too, too much, right? I mean, unless you're eating those three meals in a 12 hour window and then you're not eating for 12 hours, which is still kind of rough, Joe, because that means you're eating every three to four hours in that 12 hour window, because it's kind of hard to understand, right? How you can compare three meals a day to what the other, you know, the other group is the second group, which is, OMAD, one meal a day, um, where they're not eating for 23 hours, uh, and then eating in that one hour of time, you know in that that window they have uh, to complete the 24 hour period. So those are the two groups, but some very interesting things came about here. Uh, the Omad group, all right? They had when they, when they did the, when they did the results, okay? over an extended period of time, when these they had these two groups eating, one, three meals a day and one of them eating one meal a day, when they looked at the results, the one meal a day, the Omad group, had less insulin sensitivity than the three meals a day group. Folks, remember what I said a few minutes ago. Insulin sensitivity is what you're trying to achieve, right? You're trying to get the body in position for cells to want you desperately to give them the nutrients they need to make you healthier, to help improve your immune system, to help in terms of nutrients going to the right parts of your body in order to help Uh, metabolic function take place in order to help fat adaptation take place in order for your systems to operate at a high functioning state in order for you to be able to grow lean muscle tissue and repair lean muscle tissue in order for you to be the best you right physically all those processes all those enzymatic processes that are going on in your body you want this to happen in terms of insulin sensitivity not insulin resistance well the omad group was less in terms that they had less insulin sensitivity than the 3 meal a day group, the group that was constantly eating, and I don't know exactly what the meals were. That's that's another problem that they were eating. I'm assuming they were healthier meals because if they were not healthy meals, there's no way, right, that, that this would not have gone in the other direction, Joe. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, interesting that the group that was only eating one meal a day, you would think there was a depletion of glucose, right? And that fat, stored fat, was being used as its primary source of energy now to burn fuel in order to operate all living systems in your body. And that the cells were starving for that, for those nutrients, right? But no, it was, it's very interesting. They, they found more inflammation as well. And here's why. There was overeating in that one meal a day. Hmm. So do you know when I was talking about, ladies and gentlemen, about one meal a day and how difficult it would be to take in? Let's say you burn 2,500 calories a day, how hard it would be to eat 2,500 calories in one meal per day? It's not so much that it's that is the problem. It's that in the moment, you're eating too much at once regardless of the calories. It was too much for the body to be able to absorb and use after all that time, uh, quote unquote, off all that time, you know that they, your body was in time out from new, from eating any types of foods, right, or drinking any types of drinks. It was well, not any types of drinks because obviously in fasting, you know, there's there's several different drinks: black tea, black coffee, water, and so on and so forth. But your body, all right, uh, their body basically was causing inflammation, and all that overeating in that one meal. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example of what, what we mean by that. But here's what it was doing. Because of all the inflammation and, and the overeating in that one meal, it was activating a response system in our body, which is a viral response system in our body called PKR. Now, what is PKR? It does two things. PKR does two things in your body. Number one, it activates your immune system. So what is, what is your immune system? It's that defense mechanism, right, to fight off anything that your body feels can do harm to you. So now you overeat in that one meal, and your body causes inflammation, and it opens up the PKR system, and your, your immune system is on full alert. That's number one. Number two, it slows down protein synthesis. Now, when you say to yourself, well, what's protein synthesis? And, Joe, we've already talked about the fact that's going to be an entirely different show all by itself. But let's let's let me can I give them just a quick understanding of protein synthesis, real quick here, folks? Protein synthesis uh, is a complex process, but to break it down in layman terms, when your body is breaking down muscle, let's say during heavy workouts, and you need that muscle repair to take place, that lean muscle tissue to be repaired. Protein synthesis is that process of creating branched-chain amino acids, okay, and those amino acids, therefore, going into the muscular tissue and repairing those, those micro tears that you cause, that trauma that you cause to the muscle, to build it bigger and stronger, all right? And that's what you're looking for in muscular repair. And that's just, that's like, the, that's the edge, that you, that's the very, I'm just basically touching on... Protein synthesis and all the other uh, concepts that go into that. So just so you have an understanding of it. But what happens here is they overeat in their one meal. They ate too much. They ate too much of everything. They were eating fats. They were eating carbs. They were eating proteins all in one big meal, piling it on, shoving it down their throats. And it caused, it caused the immune system to be alerted. It caused the viral response of PKR. And it caused... Protein synthesis to slow down. So, in this particular situation, OMAD was not good for this group at all. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because it didn't allow any nutrients, good or bad, in. It basically put the brakes on, uh, so to speak. Uh, it was just too much at once. And your body can't handle that. Your body can't handle that. And so, I'm going to give you an analogy. And this is an analogy I saw done before. Um, Several times. And so I'm bringing it to you now. And anytime I see something that is not my own analogy, I let you know that it's not mine. Uh, But it's just a great way to explain it in the simplest of terms to people on what I'm talking about here when it comes to the PKR system, when it comes to um, the viral response system PKR. So the funnel analogy, when we're talking about OMAD, when we're talking about one meal a day, and I want you to think about it in this way, Joe, if you could, if you will, uh, as well as, as our listeners, you have a funnel and every time I listen to this analogy, each person brings something different to it. Sometimes they use water. Sometimes they use sand. Well, let's just use sand. Okay. Joe, if, if I give you just a small cup of sand and you begin to pour it in the funnel, the sand does what
0: goes through the funnel
1: goes through the funnel. Little cup of sand, pour it nice and easy in, and it slides right down through the funnel. If I take a huge five gallon bucket of sand and that same funnel that you have, and I start pouring that huge five pound bucket, all right, of sand down that funnel, what's going to happen?
0: It's going to start to back up.
1: It's going to back up, it's going to overflow, right? Mm -hmm. And that is that funnel. Okay, so the funnel is basically the digestive system. Uh, in this particular particular analogy, all right. So, folks, if you have a little funnel, okay, and don't forget your stomach does shrink when you don't eat for a, a long period of time, okay. There's that one thing there, but there's so much more. Your body's not ready. Your body can't take on that much food at once after resting and relaxing for such a long period of time and when you do that imagine that 5 gallon bucket of sand being poured into that funnel your digestive system in the terms of fat you know fat deposition and and glucose and everything else and it eventually just starts to overflow and your body can't do anything with it so it stores it it can't really use it okay and so that is that whole concept does that make sense joe
0: yeah Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that's the funnel analogy. All right. That I have uh, seen and, and witnessed on several occasions. And I love that analogy because it really drives home. Why OMAD may not work because people don't do it the right way. Okay. And there's other reasons why people shouldn't do OMAD also. We're going to touch on those a little bit, but what I like about TMAD. Okay. So here we are. We're still in TMAD's corner, by the way, Joe, you know, Tmad's sitting down right now, we're, we're wiping them off with a towel, squirting water, and you know telling them you know what his strategy needs to be. We're we're team out all the way right now. Um, uh, I guess I was referring to boxing. I should have probably said that. Right? Yeah. People are probably like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, so so you know he's our guy still. Team out's our guy. Team out allows the body to slowly take advantage of insulin sensitivity without overdoing it. So I'm going to tell you guys, and, and this is what I do on days that I fast. Okay. And so I'm going to give you a quick explanation of that. There's a 30-70 rule I go by, and sometimes it's a 25-75 rule for some people. Sometimes it's even 20-80. But, you know, uh, with the second meal being more lenient in TMAD. Folks, TMAD, to me, works a lot better for me. I fast twice a week. Twice a week. Well, really three times a week, but let me explain it to you. On Tuesdays and Fridays, I do a 20-hour fast followed by a four-hour eating window. Now, if you think about that, and for anybody who does less than that, 18 hours and a six-hour eating window or 16 hours and an eight-hour eating window, how in the world do you do only one meal a day there? Right? I mean, Joe, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You can't, you can't have a 16 and eight and do OMAD that's absolutely impossible. You're leaving, where do you eat that one meal? And then your fasting is taking place longer. And then it's so hard to get all the nutrients you need in that one meal. Now, if you're talking the ketogenic diet, Joe, you're probably talking a little bit different, right? Because the types of nutrients you're taking into your body are different than somebody who's just eating, okay, whatever in that one meal. So, it could be a little bit different, but the ketogenic diet's not for everybody. Definitely not for everybody, especially if you're only eating one meal a day. To be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a fan at all of people who do ketogenic and OMAD at the same time. To me personally, I, I just do not feel that that's nutritious. No, I, that, I just that,
0: don't. That amount of fat going into your cells is not a good thing either.
1: Well, no, and especially if. Especially if you're adding carbohydrates into your diet. For, so when, sure. you, when you break your fast, mm-hmm. and if you break your fast with carbohydrates and fats, normally fats do not store within the cell, right? Right. However, if fats are going along for the ride with carbohydrates sure. and carbohydrates right. are opening the door to the cell, yeah. the cell will indeed store the fat. So so that's the problem. That's why you don't really want to eat carbohydrates and fats together, especially in that situation, especially in that situation. But with TMAD, let me tell everybody real quick, long story short, too late, how the 3070 rule may work. Okay. so to me, the 3070 rule is this. I do 30 percent of my eating in that meal that breaks my fast and I do the other 70 percent sometime in that. Rest of that eating window. Remember, I said I, I fast for twenty hours, and then I have a four-hour eating window. As a matter of fact, that is going on right now uh, today as I speak to you. Uh, I just broke my fast before we started the show. I went twenty hours. I broke my fast, and when we're done with the show here in about an hour, I'll go ahead and eat my meal. So I'll have eaten two meals. But how do you break your fast? What is that thirty percent you're talking about? That thirty seventy? I like to take thirty percent of my body weight. And eat nothing but clean protein. That's it. No carbohydrates. Very. I mean, actually, sometimes there's one or two grams of carbs in there, which I don't like it, but it is what it is. Uh, And I don't eat fats in the beginning. So what do you eat in order to break your fast and what you consider your first meal of T-Mad? The very first thing I do, folks, every time religiously, is I drink 10 grams of protein in the form of chicken bone broth. That's what I do. Every single time. There's 10 grams right there. I'm going for 30 grams. That's my 30%, quote unquote, okay? 10 grams of protein. I'm not going for 30 grams. I'm going for 30%. So 10% right there, 10 grams of protein with my chicken bone broth. Beef bone broth as well, just as good. I like chicken bone broth. I then drink my whey protein isolate drink. And that drink, when consumed is 25 grams of protein. There's no fat, and there is, I think, two grams of carbs, one gram of fiber, okay? So not a big fan of having that, but it's very little and does very little effect, uh, has very little negative effect on me. So that being said, I'm up to 35 grams of protein now. And then I pick a lean protein, whether it is seafood, fish, uh, or salmon, uh or cod or also um grass-fed grass-finished chicken breast uh a lean a lean meat a lean steak a lean hamburger something that's going to give me anywhere between 25 and 30 grams of protein so at that point i'm up to between 60 and 70 grams of protein 60 to 65 grams that is 30% of my body weight i weigh about 182 give or take a pound on a daily basis. So that being said, I now have taken in my 30% and it's mostly almost altogether lean protein. That is what I want to introduce to my cells first because I am insulin sensitive. My insulin sensitivity is relatively high, very high actually. And I've just taken in about 60 to 65 grams of protein, good protein, clean protein to uh, feed my body all right, which is about 30% of my body weight, and I can guarantee you that my body is utilizing every bit of that protein, all right, for everything it needs to use it for. It's not storing it. Now, when I get off of this show, it will be my second meal. Now, you have some more leniency. Now, you have some more leniency, and that comes in the form of, you know, fats and proteins. I try to stay away from carbohydrates almost altogether on my two fasting days, I, I, and you say, "Oh, that's insane!" No, it's not. It's very doable. It's two days, and I could tell you that my next meal—a four-egg omelet with aged Gouda cheese, black pepper—with um, uh, possibly a, a lean piece of steak. Um, uh, what, what, what's? Can you explain to me where I'm going wrong here? Uh, you know, so you know, and, and an avocado. I mean, this is where I go. It's all proteins and fats, and and there at that point. I haven't not even come close to passing up my, you know, in terms of my calorie intake for the day. I didn't even come close to it. But I supplied my body with well over 100 grams of protein and so many grams of fat. All right. Good fats, essential fats for my body. And I ate clean the whole day. Tomorrow, I don't fast. It's a whole different story, but we're not going to get into that right now. Did that make sense, Joe, when I gave them my 30 to 70 rule?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just basic math.
1: Yeah, and the thing about this is this, okay? Uh, Keep this in mind. The reason why I go 30, some people even go 35, is because of my age. Once you hit 40 years old, atrophy becomes a thing, okay? Your body begins, it becomes much harder to gain lean muscle tissue. And so I like to, you know, when you're younger, when you're 20, 25, you know, even, even maybe 30, a little bit less than 30 years old, Joe, You know, the 25-75 rule could play a role there. You know, 25% of your first meal could be lean protein. I like to go 30, sometimes even 35% of my first meal as lean, clean protein. Uh, And then protein and fats in my second meal. And I'm fine. If I get hungry at the end of the night, I personally have my fiber drink. That's what I do. Um, I really do not try to eat bad on my two fasting days. And I remember if you could recall, ladies and gentlemen, I said there was a third day. It's always by accident. It's on Sunday. I don't even mean to do it, but I'm so busy on Sundays because a lot of times it's my only day off that I wake up. I may have eaten until nine o'clock the night before, and then I wake up. I drink black coffee. Normally, I never drink anything but black coffee. I don't really add anything to my coffee. I'd say 90% of the time, 95% of the time. And I'm drinking water and I'm getting all my stuff done. And the next thing I know, Joe, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And it's because I wasn't really hungry. And I was so focused on everything I was doing that I just went through another 16 hour fast right. And then some, and then I go ahead and eat, uh, my regular meals for the day. But, um, so the Sunday is always the accident fast. I call it, uh, and, and I'll, I'll take it. It's worked out well for me so far. Um, it really has. And so that's, that's where I'm at there when it comes to, to T you know, but OMAD works. Let, let me tell you where OMAD works well. Okay. It works well, more so with, with people who are already fat adapted and capable of, of burning body fat as a primary source of energy. Uh, they don't rely on glucose as their primary source of energy from high glycemic carbohydrates and so on and so forth uh, and that lethargic filling they get all the time. They've been able to utilize stored body fat and eating essential fats and using that as their energy sources. So OMAD a lot of times plays a bigger role and a better role for those types of people. Uh, I'm going to give you... The people that should never do OMAD, in my own personal opinion, if you have hypoglycemia, if you're type 1 or type 2 diabetic, as well as if you are suffering from either one of these two diseases, anorexia or bulimia, there's no way you should ever be doing OMAD. Um, I, I don't recommend that at all. If you are pregnant, ladies, absolutely not. You're eating for two. You are eating for two you need the nutrients. That's an absolute no, no. And I am a zero fan on children doing time delayed eating. That's a no, no, uh, better eating habits. Yes. Time delayed eating, not an option, not an option. They are growing by leaps and bounds in today's world. They're growing by, by mountains and bounds. And you let them do that, okay? You do not take away from that particular process. So I'm not a huge fan of OMAD at all when it comes to or time delayed eating, I should say, period when it comes to children. So, so there's that. Uh, I don't know, Joe. Any questions up to this point?
0: No, absolutely uh, not. Dude,
1: everything ever is everything coming out clear. Although you already know this stuff, so it's not fair, right? That's not uh, fair. I think,
0: uh, yeah, I think that's why. Uh, although I will say, for for well. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, oh mad with with uh, uh, the type two diabetics. You, you that's not a place you want to start, anyhow.
1: No, it's not uh, where you, you want to start.
0: No, it's definitely not a place you want to start if you're if you're a type two diabetic for certain, anyways. And again, as we said a million and one times, uh, you know, talk to your endocrinologist before you even try any of the version, 16 and eight, whatever it is, make 12 sure and 12. You know, right. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. 14 and 10. I said 14 yeah. and 12 in one show. Then I did the math afterward. I was like, that's 26 hours. It's a, 20. a, a long day. 20. That's a long day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of daylight saving stuff, but, um, <laughs> so that being said, um, y- y- you know, type two, you, I'm glad you mentioned that type two diabetics. I'm going to tell you guys this. And, and a lot of people don't like me when I say this, don't use, Your disease as an excuse not to be healthier. Uh, If you don't like what I just said, I gotta tell you from the bottom of my heart, I don't care because my job is to make you better, okay? And I tell you to go to your doctor and tell them that you want to start a new eating lifestyle and you wanna start it off slowly. Okay, and we have a show where we talk about the easier ways to start becoming fat adapted without getting crazy with OMAD or TMAD and how you should begin the process and and explain to them what you want to do and have them monitor all your levels, not just your blood pressure, not just your cholesterols, your triglycerides, your A1C levels, everything on a more frequent basis. If you were going to your doctor every six months, make it every three months. If you were going every three months, make it once a month. Let them monitor to see how you're doing and to make suggestions to you, okay? Uh, I always suggest a good dietitian or a good nutritionist on board or a good trainer that knows what you're talking about. But don't say that you cannot rid yourself. As a type two diabetic, don't say that you cannot rid yourself and get off of meds. I've seen it happen way too many times.
0: It, it I've worked seen for it, happen. Me. it worked for me. I got off. Uh, I was uh, I was on metformin. Yeah. at Yeah. One point. And it, that was that was around the breaking point where it's like, OK, I, I got to turn this around.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so and so there there is that. OK, as well. Now, now, I don't know everybody's underlying causes. Right. And maybe there's another reason why, for whatever reason. So so please understand, folks. I can be sympathetic. I can be empathetic and everything that as a trainer, you have to, you have to be that. Okay. But I also have to be stern. I also have to explain to you. My job is to give you options. Your job is to want it. Okay. It's that simple. So you can get yourself to that level and it's going to take time. It's the patience and it's the desire and it's the drive. And that starts with your doctor. Okay. That starts with your doctor and Joe, we can't say that enough. So please don't come to us and say, Oh, I did it. And I passed out because did you go to talk to your doctor? No. Well, okay. I mean, so, so basically you don't want it because you're not following the steps we told you to follow. So, so don't do anything crazy. Okay. It's always something uh, that, that should be discussed with your doctor, with your endocrinologist, et cetera. But that being said, when we talk about now now when it comes to anorexia and bulimia those are you know i'm, I'm not going to argue about this you know, people call them eating disorders they're they're also they're they're also okay i'll i'll give everyone uh, the the benefit of the doubt here they're also mental disorders okay and so there's a lot more going into that and the, all, not only that but the people don't not only do they need psychological help because that's a very serious situation that i think should not be taken lightly okay Ever. That's a very serious situation that should never be taken lightly. I know a lot of people make fun of these people. That's not that's not cool, okay? Because if you don't understand those two diseases, please please make sure you do your research before you think it's uh, somebody just because yeah. people have a certain issue, all right? And sometimes it's very hard for them to overcome. And so in this particular situation, this is very much a psychological disorder that needs addressed. Okay. When it comes to clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, and things of that nature to help lead them into a better pathway so that they can begin to get the nutrients into their body so they can overcome what is a very serious disease. And if I sound very serious right now, it's because I am, um, I've seen people with this disorder and it's, it's heartbreaking to see. to be honest with you, I I hate seeing that. All right, because they feel like they're trapped and there's no way out and there is a way out. So instead of making fun of people like that, which I've also seen, how about trying to help them out? So there's that. And as you can see, that's something near and dear to me. Uh, That being said, when it comes to TMAT, and what we're trying to say here is how it could benefit us in so many ways because of the introduction of nutrients slowly into the body during insulin sensitivity. Remember that study, Joe, where I talked about the three meals a day? versus the one meal a day, they were cramming one meal down their throat in carbohydrates, fats, proteins, putting it all together, shoving it down their throat. And it was causing nothing but a decrease in insulin sensitivity. Boy, when I get excited, I start talking fast. Um, (laughs) Insulin sensitivity is decreasing. Protein synthesis was slowing down and they were doing nothing but causing themselves problems, right? And we talked about that viral response, right? PKR and what its job is. And, and so when that starts to kick in, that causes problems. And, and, and we explained it in terms of the funnel. TMAD, as you can remember now, ladies and gentlemen, from the 3070 um, example that I gave, which was my own, which was my own example. It's slowly introducing healthy, clean proteins in in your first meal, nice and easy. And then, hour, hour and a half later, maybe even two hours sometimes, you introduce your second meal with essential fats and proteins and clean, and maybe a little bit of carbs, maybe a little bit of carbs. Try to avoid carbs as much as possible on a day where you're doing such a long fast, make it a day of zero carbohydrates just on that day. Or if it's going to be, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 grams of carbs, so be it. Uh, But you know, on the fasting days, Try to, try to limit that. And last but not least, Joe, okay, last but not least, you know, here's in, in our what can we do segment, here's what we cannot do. Here's what we cannot do, okay, as we, as we end the show today. We cannot do this every day. How many of you are fasting every day? I don't care if it's 16 and 8. I don't care if it's 18 and 6. I don't care if it's 20 and 4. I don't care if it's OMAD. I'm sorry, and you're never going to convince me otherwise. You should not be intermittent fasting, time delayed eating, every single day. It's a no-no. It's oh, good for so all, many.
0: Go ahead. It, well, I was going to say, first of all, it's intermittent fasting. It's it's not daily Thank fasting. You. You know? Thank you. Thank you. And I think anything short of 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 the twelve and twelve, simply because that's you know that's basically regular. That's basically three meals and no snacks.
1: Yeah, longer than the 12 and 12. Right. Yeah, right. 14 and 10 and, and 16 and 8, tw- mm-hmm. 18 and 6, 20 and 4, 22 and 2, whatever that is. team at 24-hour fast, 48-hour fast. You shouldn't be doing a 48-hour fast, first of all, unless you are extremely fat adapted, okay, number one. And number two, you never really do a 48-hour 40 hour fast longer than maybe twice a month. Uh, and, and that's just because it's it's not necessary. And and there's – Folks, listen, we're not here. I know a lot of people say, oh, your whole show's about intermittent fasting. No, it's not. And if you've been listening to the almost 50 episodes now, you would know that intermittent fasting is about... One thirty-fifth of our show, <laughs> so yeah, so so please don't go there.
0: We may that. be more adamant simply because we both practice it. I mean, yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna definitely be a little bit more uh, excited about something that we're doing because we know it works. So yeah, yeah you'll have that.
1: Yeah, yeah, There's that, and it's also about the simple fact that all the research that we've done and what we have seen and what we have what, what we have gathered the information. We're not the ones who invented. Invented. Um, uh, the processes that have been fantastic for millions of people using intermittent fasting. These are the scientists. These are the biochemists, right? These are the people, the doctors, the people that have um, uh, been studying and researching this, Joe, for decades and decades and decades. We're taking that information and that knowledge. We used it, right, to get to the best we can get to. And I, I don't even think I'm there yet. I think I got more in me, Right. But but think about your journey and what you've been able to accomplish with it. Mm. But we need people to understand we don't do this every day. Sometimes we even walk away from it for a while, right? I mean, I I'm,
0: do. I'm, I'm actually uh, going to be starting again after, I think it's been about 18 months. Yeah. yeah. About a year and a half since I've done it, yeah.
1: But you've also followed a nutritious lifestyle outside of yeah. that. Yes. Um, which in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about that with mm-hmm. our guests, which is a fantastic interview because we've already done it. And it's just waiting to be released on April 13th, Uh, 2022, (laughs) folks, for those of you who are listening to this in 2025, um, which I can tell you this in 2025, if you're listening to this show for the first time, this stuff is still relevant in the, in the world of health and nutrition. I can guarantee you that I can guarantee that. So um, that that's how much I believe in this, this type of eating lifestyle. If you use it the right way, as Joe put it intermittently, when you do it all the time, you can actually slow down the metabolic response. You can actually slow your metabolism down. And that's for another show. But that's one of the biggest reasons why I do not care for OMAD all the time. And I don't care for intermittent fasting in every other aspect, but intermittently. (laughs) So if you're doing it seven days a week, you're doing it wrong. So please understand that. And you say, well, how did you come up with two 20-hour fast with four-hour eating windows and that accident you do on Sundays. How did you come up with that? It's called trial and error. It's called putting the work in. It's called finding out what – there was a time when I was doing fasting too much and I was losing too much weight. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do I, I'm going back to ni- 1986 again here, 1985, 130 <laughs> pounds, right? And, and that's definitely not what I wanted. And so I switched some things up and I found – I'm going to try this. Well, let me try that. Let me try this. I'm going to try that. And this is what I came up with, and it has been fantastic for me. And the record's not breaking, so I'm not going to fix it. Right? So, I mean, it's as it's, it's simple as that. So, um, and, and that's basically, Joe, that's that's basically all I have to offer today on OMAD and T-Man. I think that was a lot of information. Um, but next week's show, for our one-year anniversary on April 6th, Wednesday at 9 a.m., Who's
0: coming back? We're bringing back Ron, the pharmacist. Now, if you remember, what was it, about a month ago? Yeah. We did, it was, well, part one of our supplement series. Uh, it was on pre-workout. Uh, whether or not it works and, and you know, what what kind are out there. And I think we covered one of the main ingredients, which was caffeine, right?
1: That was probably the main ingredient right. uh, for that particular show.
0: Right. So next Wednesday, we're going to head into part two of that show and see how much further we could take it.
1: You know, that being said, there's going to be three parts to this particular show. uh, And that's under the direction of Ron, the pharmacist. We have no say so in this particular uh, with this particular show. Uh, This is one of those shows when he talks about supplementation. This is this is the one that I think is his favorite. Um, The research he has done, the knowledge he has on this is extensive. And he has so many notes on this and so much stuff he wants to bring to the table. It's going to take three shows. Uh, So. Uh, you know, we talked about caffeine. We talked about, and, and obviously with that particular show, we'll, we will include part one. Um, and we talked about his favorite, uh, pre-workout that he uses and one that he will never use again, uh, (laughs) and and so on and so forth. And you, you chimed in with a couple different questions on, you know, pre-workout and when to take it, when not to take it. Um, you know, how much does it benefit you? Uh, when are you taking it too much? When are you not? And, and we, we, dived into all that uh but uh next week um we get into several of the other ingredients and a, a few more uh things as far as pre-workout is concerned and i'm going to throw in there as well the one that i've been taking so there's that joe
0: yeah i, I think i'll even throw in my little uh concoction i've put something together as well uh actually through a supplement line i believe you are a well i don't want to say a dealer what what
1: a, a you're a dealer. You're a dealer. <laughs> I'm a dealer. Yes, I'm a <laughs> yes. That would be Advocare. Yes, I I I do like Advocare. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a couple of things I'm not a fan of, uh, but there are several other products that I absolutely love. And so, um yeah, I I do know that you you do buy from their line. And so I'm I'm interested to to hear you know what you do there.
0: Yeah. All right. So pretty good. Yeah. My brother, the dealer. Okay. So well, I'm a dealer. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern standard time. On behalf of coach Tony and myself. Thanks for listening
1: all right everybody out there be the best you i hope you got a lot from this show today and don't forget listen to it again make sure you go to the podcast description listen to what we talk about in the other shows with intermittent fasting i i have a feeling you could tie this together joe yeah i am a i am a legal yeah i I just want to know
0: i want to know one thing do you take do you take credit cards
1: I, no, I don't take credit cards. You They're don't, take, you don't take credit cards. You do take credit cards. Okay. Yeah. okay. No. Okay.
0: No, they were in the Jamaica, Jamaica.
1: Yeah, yeah, from but oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Jamaica. Where
0: Jamaica. Are they from?
1: They're from Boston. <laughs> They're what is going Boston. on in Boston? I got to get hold of my. I got to hold of. I got to get hold of the, the Kellar family and my my peeps over there in Boston to find out what's going on. <laughs> credit cards for drugs. Jeez, oh man. I'm out of here.